Hey guys, it's Kerry with the Walking on the Boulevard podcast. Hope you guys are doing good out there in Elvis land. Uh, this here is the season one finale. This is the final episode of season one of my podcast. I've done close to 30 episodes. I've got a couple episodes left over from Tupelo that haven't been edited, so I'll probably just add them to the page later as, as bonus content. And if you're looking for the old episodes, they're all on my anchor page, which is Walking on the Boulevard. So um, it's August, Elvis Week 2019 is going to be kicking off in a few days. I can't wait for that. I had a, I have a blast every year at Elvis Week. And last year was no exception. Um, I have a lot of stuff left over, so I'm going to cram this episode full of, of stuff that I didn't use. I did, um, let's see, some interviews that were never used, a good bit of interviews that were never used. So I'm going to go ahead and start off by playing you some of those. So check this out. Hey guys, it's Kerry with the Walking on the Boulevard podcast, live at Elvis Week 2018. Uh, once again, I've hooked up with a friend of mine, Mr. Colin Paul. We're sitting here uh, about to go over a new album. Uh, a few days ago, uh, August 10th, it was August 11th that came out. August 10th. August 10th, the new Elvis Presley album, Where No One Stands Alone, was released. And Colin has just got a copy of it, and he's just listened to it. Colin, what can you tell me about this new album? Every track on this album is... is done extremely well I think they've, they've really taken some great Elvis vocals not the vocals that everybody's aware of but um, outtake vocals where Elvis's voice is still pristine as it ever was and they, they've put these great vocals to some great modern music with some old backing singers like the Imperials uh, and I'm, I'm not calling these guys old but even though they are like I'm, I guess so am I but um <laughs> You know the the guys that the people that Elvis actually worked with. So we're talking about the ex-members of the Imperials, ex-members of J.D. Sumner and the Stamps, and we have uh, uh, Sissy Houston, Whitney Houston's mom. She was one of the original Sweet Inspirations when Elvis first came back to live recording in 1969, and uh, Darling Love, who did loads of backing vocals on a lot of Elvis's 60s tracks, and she appeared with him in the 68 TV special. Well, you played me a couple of tracks a minute ago, and it's not what it's not what you expect. I was t- I was telling Colin that I thought this was a greatest hits album with the new recording with Lisa, but it's got new arrangements on it. Every, every single song on this album, there's 14 tracks in total, and every single song is uh, is a different arrangement. And uh, I've, I've I've got to tell you, I mean, there's always been mixed reviews when people mess with Elvis's music because they prefer the originals, and and the originals are always, I always say this, they are always going to be there. Nobody right. can take these classic originals away from us. Nobody. Um, there's lots of stories going round that they're trying to entice new fans. That may be the case in in some circumstances. <laughs> And we'll pause for a second. Hello. Like the. Oh yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. So uh, when I was when I was when you played a couple, let me try that again. So you played a couple of songs for me, and I originally thought this was going to be like a greatest hits album with the new recording from Lisa, but it's it's new arrangements and everything. Every every song is a, is a different arrangement on it. Yeah. Um. The, you know you know this quite well that every every time somebody makes new arrangements of Elvis recordings people can say oh why are they messing with this why are they messing with that there's nothing wrong with the recordings of course there's nothing wrong with the recordings Elvis's recordings original recordings were absolutely fantastic but like I say they've taken um, uh, old outtakes that are still pristine uh, as I said earlier and, and, and just made them into something new with some new, new backing when the RPO albums came out the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra albums came out they uh, there's a lot of people who loved them and there's a lot of people who hated them again saying the same old thing 
why they're messing with Elvis's music. Look, Elvis's music is always going to be there. The original songs are always going to be there. Nobody can ever take them away. A lot of people are saying, is it to bring in new fans? Certain aspects of it is, yes, but I think a lot of it is to keep us old fans happy. Now then, somebody would moan again and, and say the opposite. They say, well, we're already happy. We don't need people messing with Elvis's songs. Everybody has opinions, right? That's what makes the world go round. Um, and, and please bear in mind that this is my opinion. I I remember as a kid when Elvis was still alive, I couldn't wait for that next new song to come out, and I loved it. And I had a feeling then that I would never, ever dream of getting again, because Elvis passed away and that was it, there's no new recordings. But i got to tell you, Kerry, that every song on this album and the RPO albums as well, it's like hearing Elvis sing these songs for the first time. I've got that same feeling back that I had when I was a kid. And that's a good feeling to have, you know. So there ain't nothing wrong with, with doing this type of thing to these songs. There's so many great songs on this album. I mean, um, although the originals are great, you know, songs like I've Got Confidence um, and, and Crying in the Chapel, although they're great songs and I love them dearly, I'll play them now and again. Sometimes if I was playing a gospel album and I came to those tracks, I would skip them, as with others as well. The new arrangement on I've Got Confidence and crying in the chapel I will never skip again because I love these new arrangements because they've made them feel fresh they've, they've made them uh, listening to Andy Childs who's produced this album co-produced this album with Lisa Marie uh, listening to him talk yesterday about the, about this album he was he was saying he wanted to record an album wh whereas if it was Elvis recording it today how he would approach these songs today and I'll, I'll tell you, they've done a fantastic job. Every single song is amazing. Well, you know, I was just thinking about something while you were saying that. You know, we, we've talked many, many times about Elvis and how he was an innovator. He was ahead of his time. He was always coming up with something new. Always. That, he was starting trends all the time. And I'm wondering, now that they're doing this, where they're even though he's been gone for a long, long time, where they're taking outtakes and doing new albums, I wonder if this is going to lead to other artists. Like, are they going to take... Michael Jackson outtakes and create new versions of his song because like Elvis even though he's not here anymore he's still a trendsetter he's still leading the way and that's the way it was then and that's the way it is now and and I'm glad f for people like Andy Childs and Priscilla and Lisa Marie and Joel Weishanker and everybody else who's involved in, in these albums and the RPO Orchestra of course I'm glad that they have done this because like I said it's like Elvis hearing these Elvis songs for the first time as if he was still here to me and that's like I said that's a great feeling to have and yeah I mean he's saying set in the way when the, when the the Royal Philharmonic albums first came out it, it was just Elvis since then they've had Roy Orbison the Beach Boys they've just done a, a new one with um, British rock and roll artist Billy Fury right. and you know the list goes on and so Elvis is still leading the way baby yeah for those of you who don't who aren't familiar with Billy Fury he was the UK's like Elvis he was he, yeah right? he was UK's answer to Elvis he um, the, the, the thing about Billy was he wrote his own songs unlike Elvis Billy wrote his own rock and roll songs and he he had the most successful rock and roll rockabilly album uh, in the in the UK, uh, it was called The Sound of Fury, and it, and it was released as a 10-inch vinyl. So it wasn't a normal 12-inch, it was a 10-inch vinyl, and it was the first one at that time. In fact, there's not been many since, but it was the first one at that time, and he wrote every single song. And he was such a shy guy. His real name was Ronnie Witchley, and he, they changed his name to Billy Fury to, be, to give him that pop star style. Yeah. But if you look on the album, this is something a lot of people don't know, you'll see half the songs written by Billy Fury and half the songs written by... 
wait for it, this is a funny name, Wilbur Wilberforce. <laughs> but Wilbur Wilberforce is actually Billy Fury. He just didn't want to seem big-headed or, uh, or patronising on the album, so he, he made up this false name. That's a funny name, too. Yeah, it is. Very funny. <laughs> well, we'll wrap up now with one last question. I know this is a hard one, so you might need to take a second. Oh, but damn. if you had to pinpoint one or two songs on there that you think are, are, are at least are your favourites, could you tell me what they are and why they are? And if you can't just do one or two, go with more than that. I'm, I'm going to give you a few examples because I said every track on this album is a winner. I've got to say where no one stands alone, I think Lisa has done a fantastic job. You know, somebody said to me yesterday, do I think Lisa can sing? The problem is that because Elvis had such a great voice unlike anybody else, yeah. they expect anybody in his family to be the same. Um, in answer to the question, yes, Lisa can sing, but why compare her with Elvis? She's not male, she's not a guy, she's a girl, she's going to have a totally different voice. But listening to Lisa sing, I think she's got a fantastic voice. I think she's got her own style, unlike her father's, right. and I think she, I think I think she's great, and 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 that's my honest opinion. I like her too. Yeah, great. So that's where no one stands alone. I like um, So High. I think yeah, uh, they've done something great, great with So High. I said earlier on about I've got confidence. Uh, I've always loved the song You'll Never Walk Alone. He touched me. Um, they've done something fantastic with that, and the the, the song Stand by Me. He touched me. They've done a fantastic uh, version of that song, and "Stand by Me." They've just stripped the whole song and put a complete new backing on that, as with the others. But again, made it more piano-based, so it's just like Elvis singing to you, and that's what comes over with all of these songs on this album. So, if you ain't got this album, folks, I suggest you go and buy it. And if you don't, you can hit me over the head with it. <laughs> I just got a copy of this, so I'm looking forward to listening to it. Guys, thanks a lot. Colin, thanks for joining me. Thank you, my friend. Good to see you. Make sure you guys check out the Walking on the Boulevard podcast. Take it easy. Hey, guys. It's Kerry with Walking on the Boulevard. I'm at Elvis Week 2018. I am joined right now by Colin Paul, one of the greatest tribute artists around, Dog Grace. How you doing today, Grace? Okay. It's so good to see you. You know, I've, I've known you since you were in your mother's stomach. Yes, I have. <laughs> so tell me, how did you become an Elvis fan? Well, when I didn't know Elvis when I was born, but when I was born, Dad taught me everything. But when I was five, I didn't know he died. about Elvis but a lot we do. And what what's your favourite Elvis song? Burning Love. Burning Love. <laughs> what well, what did you what do you think of your dad his tribute to Elvis? Well it's quite um, interesting. It's quite interesting is it? Yeah. Why do you like the What? Elvis. Do you like your daddy singing Hurt? No. Why? Because Elvis sings better. Oh my God. That is the ultimate burn. Absolutely. Right yeah. Grace, I want to thank you very much for being my special guest on Walking on the Boulevard. You're welcome. Say bye, everybody. Bye. See you guys later. So last year we had our new tent. It was the second new tent. They'd had one that was right by the entrance to the new Memphis complex 
and uh, the, but, but due to all the rain, the, the where it was set up anyway, I, the water would just collect and it would be like a river running through there every time it rained. And at one point, when Matthew Boyce was doing his show, they ended up having to shut the tent down. They were afraid there would be electrical problems. Didn't want anybody getting zapped. So then this past year they moved us down, I don't know, like 100 yards, 200 yards, something like that, a little bit further away. And we didn't have any issues with the rain, but it literally wasn't raining that much last year compared to the year before. And this year they're going to be moving us inside. They've built a new air-conditioned um, pavilion that is on the back side of the complex. So it's it, you have to go, it's, it's actually closer to Days Inn Graceland than it is to where the old tent was. So I, I'm not even sure how to get over there yet. We, we pulled in, me and a friend of mine pulled in and looked at the building a couple of months ago, but didn't get, wasn't able to get close up to it. I, I think you have to have a pass just to get over to where it is. And we didn't have a pass, obviously. But anyway, um, check out some more clips that were left over from Elvis Week 2018. Hey guys, this is Kerry with the Walking on the Boulevard podcast. I'm at Elvis Week 2018. Candlelight vigils last night. These shortest candlelight vigil I have ever seen yep. in all 19 of my years of coming here. I'm joined right now with one of the biggest tribute artists in the world, Mr. E-Rock. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. So Good to how, see you. Good to see you, too. So what's been going on with you since I saw you last year? What's been going on with me? Well, um, getting ready to have my 11th grandbaby here in about three days. Congratulations. Um, been my been taking care of my wife she suffers from uh, cluster headaches which are also known as ice pick headaches suicidal headaches and I see my wife in pain every day so I don't do a whole traveling a whole lot anymore as much as I used to because I want her to get better we're getting ready to take her to KU but um, that's you know and just doing my have my own karaoke DJ business so I do that when I'm not doing all of this so. so you were telling me a minute ago about Tunica what, what, what's going on there I'm out of Tunica at the Horseshoe Casino every night from 6 to 10 and we have different Elvis tribute artists to come out so I'm I'm there hosting them running the music and all the stuff and maybe get up and sing harmonize with them a little and then uh I come over here in Memphis during the day, then I go back to Tunica, and then when I'm done there at 10, then I fly back over here. I mean, I don't fly, yeah. <laughs> but I drive my RT Challenger over here to uh, vehicles back and just go and visit people and hang out and go over to the Magnuson and see who's singing over there. So we've talked about this before in a past interview, but tell me a little bit about how you first got involved in the Elvis world. How I first got involved in the Elvis world? Well, shoot, if you're talking the real Elvis world, that's when I saw him in concert in 1973 when I was 12. That's how old I am. I'm, I'm old. And it uh, changed my life. But as far as this Elvis world, doing the jumpsuit thing and stuff started in 2007. I used to think a real Elvis fan would never wear a jumpsuit. But my, my manager, Sherry, who's actually like my sister, she made me go to that first competition when the Ultimate Elvis first started in Branson. I didn't want to go there, man. I looked like an idiot. I just made some pants or whatever, and I thought, I'll just get her to shut up, and I'll go sing. And then it just kind of went after that. Everybody was wanting me to come here, come there. And uh, and then when I was in the Ultimate in 2010, then it, I, social media just blew up, you know. And it was funny. I was here in Memphis one year, and all these people got off this bus yelling my name, and it kind of freaked me out. I'm like, <laughs> and they're from, like, the U.K. or something, and... 
I said, I go, you know who I am? And they're like, oh, yeah, all, everybody in the UK, on the Elvis world and the ETAs all know you. Beautiful voice, big voice. And I'm like, wow, that's really amazing, you know, because that's pretty awesome. kind of crazy how social media works. So I've gained a lot. of. I, I really wish I would have done it years and years ago, you know. I was a closet Elvis, man. Yeah. I mean, for many, many years since a kid, I finally came out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> we just watched his uh, your tent show. I don't know how you get under there and do 30 minutes of power songs. Well, don't you get tired doing all the hard songs? Uh, it's a little rough. I've been rough. Uh, but um, I woke up with a severe sinus headache this morning. I thought, oh, man. Oh, no. And then scratchy. So I always tell the guys, I recommend apple cider vinegar with the mother. You can get the pre-mixed bottles at Walmart that's got the cinnamon, the honey, and lemon already in it. Excellent. So you gargle that if you know you're going to sing that day, if you're scratching and stuff. And that's everybody, all the entertainers I know in Vegas all use that and throat coat. Normally, instead of drinking water, I'll make throat coat tea you can get at Walmart and I'll put it in like a Yeti thing and I'll keep it warm and I'll sip that while I'm singing and it keeps my keeps me my throat from that's you know I mean on occasion you might hear me crack a little you know but I've been you know when you come to Memphis you talk 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 to everybody you're so singing every day yeah and, and your voice just gets tired but uh wow you think I did all right I thought you did great man I, I love that. your shows I've been shooting you for I don't know oh I know it now. long time yeah yes, I enjoy it well, E-Rock, I want to thank you again for joining me on yeah, my podcast. No problem. Guys, make sure you check me out on Anchor. It's Walking on the Boulevard. See ya. Hey, guys, this is Kerry with Walking on the Boulevard podcast. I'm at Elvis Week 2018, and I'm joined with a tribute artist. Uh, Mr. Is it Luis? Enrique. Luis Enrique. Enrique. Uh, he's from Puerto Rico. Tell me a little bit about how you became an Elvis fan. Well, I became an Elvis fan since I was 12. My grandma introduced me to Elvis. Uh, she loved music from the 50s and 60s. And I grew up listening to Elvis and other artists from that era. Uh, as soon as I, uh, I saw Elvis in a movie, it was Blue Hawaii. I fell in love immediately with Elvis and his attitude and his look and his voice. And that get me, uh, I'm a musician right now. I, I, I do my Elvis stuff, but I do my, my own stuff back home. I got a different bands, I, I play my own stuff. You know. I saw the hair. Yeah, I got a long, long hair, but I, I, I yeah, just like <laughs> yours. Yours is longer. Yeah, a little longer. <laughs> but I'm enjoying being an Elvis Street artist. I'm so proud of being the only Elvis Street artist back home. Yeah, you were saying that makes it easy for yeah, you to get all the gigs. I got all the gigs, but I, you know, sometimes I need to do a little network and hanging around with, you know, Elvis family. You know, on the, a different tribute artists from different part of the world, and being the only one is it's easy, but you know, it's not that cool. Well, now tell me a little bit about about what happened in your country this year. Well, last year uh, was was the worst year. Uh, Mother Nature. Play a little tricks on us, you know. Uh, we have two major hurricanes uh, last year, and it was the worst. Uh, people without drinking water and electricity for months. For months, I, I, I spent four months with no electricity. That's horrible, dude. It was horrible, but now we're getting back on track. We're trying to do our best. Our Island is a blessed island because everybody loves to be there. It's, the tourism is the best that we have to offer the world. You know, the beaches, the hotels, the pina coladas, <laughs> and all the stuff, you know. Uh, but we're getting back on track little by little, and we hope 
we can do that soon. Well, at least I got you there. Your music can help build everybody. Definitely, up. definitely. I've been doing. Uh, well, I, I was I was a little worried since the year can pass because you know uh, I lost a lot of gigs because of their just no electricity. I do a lot of hotels and convention, and they all got canceled. But thank God with the. Hasn't inspired and getting better. That's good, man. Well, how did you first get involved with Elvis Week here and performing at the tent? Well, uh, my first time in Elvis, uh, well, it was, it was not Elvis Week. It was in 97. It was like uh, a couple of weeks week before the 20th anniversary. Uh, but I never get into Elvis Week until 2016. Uh, some uh, a friend of mine from Chile, uh, Mario, he's a fan club president from Chile. He gave me the the Danny. Danny's contact and I'll call Danny and hey Danny I want to be part of the tent uh, I've seen some amazing videos and some of the greatest favorite artists being here and I want to be one of those guys you know I, I would love I would love to perform here and he said okay let's do it and it's been a trail you know I love I love to perform here at the tent I want to let you guys know that last year I brought my one-year-old aunt over to the tent. She didn't respond to anybody except one guy, Louis. Oh, Lewis. I, I love Eva. So, Eva, if you're listening, love you, honey. <laughs> See you next year, maybe. One last thing. What you got next before, after, I mean, once you get home from Elvis League, what do you got going on? Uh, after I get home, well, I got a, like I've been telling you before, uh, I have a band back home. Uh, right now, uh, we had a single on the radio. Cool. It's listening, yeah. It's Spanish rock. You can listen to it. It's Sonosfera. It's the band Sonosfera. You can look it on, on Facebook or uh, it's on iTunes and Spotify. Our new single is called Traslucido, which means translucid, transparent. It's, it's about the friend zone relationship, and people love it. And we have we, we, we've been playing on radio, and we're, I'm, I'm gonna work a little bit. Uh, with my music right now. I have a couple of Elvis shows back home when I get, but I've been working both. Well, would you say everybody stay tuned for more Walking on the Boulevard, but in Spanish? Okay. Que todo el mundo esté pendiente a Walking on the Boulevard con mi amigo Kerry Raven aquí. No se lo pierdan. Thanks, guys. When I decided I was going to go ahead and knock this episode out, this is going to be a real short, a real easy one you won't have to listen to me talk too much it's mostly going to be other people that i had other clips that i had left over from last year and then i got one new clip i talked to colin paul who was my uh, main guest last year he appeared in a good bit of the episodes probably 20 of them are close to it so i messaged him the other day and asked him to send me an audio file letting me know what he had been up to since elvis week 2018 this is it so check it out well, good question. Since getting back from Elvis Week 218, I've toured the UK several times, up and down the country like a fiddler's elbow. I went over to Germany uh, last October, and I also went to Spain last October. And then I was touring the UK again, and then I enjoyed Christmas at home. I spent Christmas with the family. And then in January, I was back in Memphis, as you all know, and uh, did several shows at Marlowe's. I did a few interviews and, and things with Carrie and um, had a great time as usual over in, in Memphis, Tennessee and I'm looking back to returning this August uh, in about a week's time so I'm so excited and so the family so we're really excited about returning. Um, early part of this year once I got back from Memphis I started another tour of the UK and I went on to Scotland and filmed part of my documentary which comes out on August the 16th which is called 42 at 42 we've mentioned this in previous podcasts 
and interviews and for those that haven't heard it it's about the day Elvis died and the days following and it's all about the newscast programs from the UK and from the US they're all in in order and um, I do about a two and a half minute intro from Oban in Scotland the reason being Oban Scotland because that's where I was when Elvis passed when I was 15 years of age so I won't explain any more of that you, you know you're best watching the documentary to see how it all occurred and what happened with me um, but there's some great interviews in there with, with people and associates from Elvis and Kerry kindly helped me get these interviews which I'm really happy about uh, some of the news footage is really interesting because there's a lot of lies in there you know with, with um, Joyce Bezito saying he found Elvis in the bedroom some of the news broadcasts saying Elvis made 60 movies my god I wish he had done um, some people saying Elvis's mom was 42 when she died the same age as Elvis and Elvis was being buried in Hollywood with his mom so all that needed rectifying which, which it does um, it surprised me how little these news people knew about Elvis really because there were so many mistakes in these broadcasts but there's also the grieving of the fans which really grabs you and really pulls you at your heartstrings you know so I'm really pleased with this documentary and as I said it comes out on August the 16th at 2.30pm Memphis time that's Memphis time at 2.30pm Memphis and uh, it lasts about 90 minutes and it's free it's on YouTube and it's free so I hope you watch it and I hope that you'll leave your comments underneath and let me know if you enjoyed it or you hated it you know whichever you decide um, all I know is once I watched it back I was very sad because everything come flooding back so you can see for yourself and obviously the main reason I made this was because it's 42 years ago and Elvis was just 42 years of age and a lot of the fans, a lot of you guys weren't around, you know, you weren't even born. So this is for you guys to see exactly what we went through and the mass hysteria that has never been seen since. So that's what I've been up to and uh, my flight is booked and I leave for Chattanooga on August the 8th. And I'm in Chattanooga for 24 hours when then I leave for Nashville. I'm in Nashville for three or four days. I uh, have something exciting going on about that, which I'll explain later. I can't just say anything too much about it now, but it's something exciting going on in Nashville. And then I hit Memphis on August 12th through to the 24th. So I've got lots happening. I've got my pool party, and I've also got uh, my two events at uh, Marlowe's. Sorry, I've got three gigs at Marlowe's this year, not two. I've got three. So if you look at my Facebook page, you'll see exactly when I'm appearing, and also at the new pavilion I've got several shows at the pavilion so they're all listed as well the pavilion by the way is what was the tent so it's not the entertainment tent now it's the entertainment pavilion wherever that is but I guess I'll find it when I get there so yeah that's what I've been up to that's what I'm looking forward to and more importantly I'm looking forward to seeing all my friends and family when I reach Memphis happy Elvis week everybody Alright guys, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Like I said, I wouldn't be doing a whole lot of talking. This is just basically a way to get rid of some of my, my uh, leftover footage. So check out some more footage that I shot, some interview clips that I did at Elvis Week 2018. I'll go straight into our closing song, which as always is Brian Clark doing Can't Help Falling in Love. Thanks guys, and I'll be back for the Season 2 premiere shortly. Please.
Hey guys, it's Kerry with the Walking on the Boulevard podcast. I'm at Elvis Week 2018. Currently, I'm at the Candlelight Vigil, and I'm joined by one of the biggest tribute artists you're going to find around here. A guy I've been filming for four or five years, <laughs> Mr. Cody Bilnath. How you doing today, Mr. Doing great, man. Doing so great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's good to see you yes, again. Yes, sir. It's been here. Oh my God, it's great. It's, it's, it's been just a whirlwind, man. Last time I shot you, I believe it was during Dean's show downtown at the New Daisy last year. Yes! I forgot all about that, man. The last time I remember getting something was when the old tent was there, and I I think I had this mop of hair like I have now. (laughs) I do, but and my sideburns were fake. They're real now, so we're making progress and and waves and strides. (laughs) So, so what you been going? What's been going on for you this past year, man? um, Well, I've been headlining a lot. I headlined the Nashville Festival. Uh, kicked off my my headlining, I guess, streak. I, I don't know what you call that. I, I'm headlining uh, a couple fests um, next year, and went to the Ultimate this year. It was in the Ultimate this year. Which, which which one did you win to get you into the Ultimate? I won Branson, Missouri, this year, and uh, it was Branson. That's Branson. A big one, dude. It is a big one, man, and I and I hope that I represented them proud. I got all the way to top three. Um, actually, we found out that I'm the highest placing American awesome. in the contest because two years ago. What was it? Yeah, there hasn't been an American that's been top three in, awesome. in two years. So I, I feel pretty accomplished that I represented the USA. This you, guy's everywhere. Uh, He's on Facebook. <laughs> everybody. No, even a brand. Everybody's showing no, videos of this guy. No, man. I, I, I'm very blessed to have uh, to come back every year and, and, and have friends and family and, and, and people like you, man, that, that have watched me grow up. And, and, and you guys are my family. And, and it's like it's, it's a group of people that you'll never lose. Feeling spiritual, man. Absolutely, brother. So, uh, one more thing, and I'll let you. Get, well, two more things, I'm gonna let you go. What's candlelight vigil right now? Why do you come to the candlelight vigil every year? What does it mean to you? Celebration, man. Celebration of his life. It's it's thanking him for giving us all of this. Because with Elvis, there would have been nothing. I mean, John Lennon said it best. Before Elvis, there was nothing. Right. You can see that when you go the days in. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. Cody, thanks for being my guest. I really appreciate it, dude. And I look forward to doing more interviews with Absolutely, you. Absolutely, brother. Later, guys. It's Mr. Cody Ray Slaughter. I've been filming this guy since two. Th- I've been interviewing anyway since 2006, filming for the first time in 2005. Last night, he had a show in, in, uh, in I almost wanted to say Birmingham because that's where I'm from, but it's uh-huh. not Birmingham, uh-huh. in Memphis. And it was your premiere show. Can you tell me about that show? Yeah, the show's called This Man from Memphis, myself and my... My, my business partner, uh, Brad Mitchell, we wrote it, and uh, it starts in 1954 at Sun Records. We have a Sam Phillips. Um, it kind of starts out with a really slow ballad, but Mr. Phillips was wanting something more. He was wanting something upbeat, you know, that he could sell, and it just wasn't working. And then one way or the other, throughout uh, aggravation and uh, him being let down, Elvis and the boys, one way or the other, kick off That's All Right Mama, but Sam Phillips overhears it, stops the whole thing, and uh, gives Elvis this really powerful speech. And uh, then That's All Right Mama was born. Then we do a flip side, Blue Moon in Kentucky, this and that. And uh, then it ventures on to the RCA years, and that's whenever we, uh, that's whenever we uh, bring in uh, David Fontana, which is DJ Fontana's son. And uh, he does his thing with us. We do the 68 comeback, we do the 1970s, we do all kinds of stuff. So uh, we, uh, you know, we just had a lot of fun and it was, uh, 
it was truly uh, truly special for the people you know for the elvis fans i love and, uh, yeah I, I appreciate that man and put a lot of a lot of time into it and it's very true, you know, very, very original. <laughs> One last thing, and I'll let you go. Sure. Uh, what are your plans for the future, for this show, anyway? Well, since that show, we've got um, multiple venues, or, excuse me, producers and promoters that want that show at uh, certain locations. And so, you know, our main goal at that time was just to get that show, get through that show, you know. <laughs> And now we, since you were there and uh, and we had our camera set up, we're gonna put it into a a DVD and and uh, try to promote it and just see where it goes. Yeah. Excellent. Well, guys, I uh, appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you check out the podcast every week. And Cody, if you'll join me, you guys are listening to Walking, Walking on, on the, the Boulevard. Boulevard. See ya. I'd like to tell you fantastic. I'd like to do this song especially for Blue Boy. Thank you.